morning. Glad you're here today, and uh, I have to figure out where people are sitting now, so I know when you're not here, amen? <laughs> so yeah, I'm glad you're here today. Uh, yesterday at our food pantry, uh, we had our Thanksgiving food pantry. We served over, uh, we had 63 families that came and were a part of, let's clap about that today and celebrate. I know our food pantry workers were uh, very, uh, volunteers were very excited about that. And uh, what a great opportunity for our church to love our community and love those who are in need during this time of season. And uh, I'm glad for the chairs. And uh, uh, this is cool. Um, I, this is great to see our church growing and uh, to see what God is doing. And uh, um, everyone that's on the front row, if you look under your seat, there's a $50. No, I'm just kidding. Because nobody ever wants to sit in the front. But um, I'm kind of excited about this series. We're going to talk about several things. Uh, we're going to spend three weeks in the book of Hebrews. And uh, we're going to talk about let us rest, let us hold fast to our confession of faith, and let us come boldly. And next week, we're going to do something a little bit different. Uh, as we step into the Thanksgiving season, we felt like as pastors that it would be very appropriate for us uh, to sit at the Lord's table. Because the Bible says that when Jesus broke the bread, the Bible says when he had given thanks, right? And uh, man, if there's any time for us to be uh, thankful about the cross of Jesus Christ and what he did for us in the gospel and redeeming us and rescuing us from our sin, it ought to be uh, the season of Thanksgiving. And let me just say a word about Thanksgiving. Um, and this is just a side note. This isn't even in my notes, and I just want to talk about this for a second. But we go from Halloween to Christmas, and I just think every year Thanksgiving gets hijacked. Can I get an amen? I mean, like, it was like in July, and I was buying fireworks, and I saw Christmas tree decorations. Like, that's crazy, right? And so um, I love Thanksgiving and the turkey and stuffing and all that stuff that goes with it. But we're going to have a good time this next month growing together in Christ as we study his word and try to see our lives and our hearts and our minds conform to the very image of Jesus Christ. Now, I'm excited for this message because it's, um, it's unique. I don't, know that you, I don't know that I've ever really taught, maybe once I taught through the Ten Commandments on the Sabbath, but to really lean into what it means and what God is calling us into uh, as far as what it means for us as followers of Christ to rest. And um, you, you guys have heard me mention this before, but several years ago, um, I was dealing with some, some personal issues of anxiety and um, um, uh, a couple years ago when we were uh, dealing with some major things here at the church and my wife and I were dealing with some things in our marriage and our relationship, um, I had a, uh, an anxiety attack, a panic attack, and I remember I was coming home from the train. I was actually coming home from counseling, and uh, I had a, uh, uh, my phone died. I'm on the phone with my wife, and she's freaking out as I'm coming you know, back from my counseling appointment, and I was having chest pains and I, shortness of breath, and um, as soon as I got off the train, I, I drove to, many of you remember Dr. Lamonto, Mike Lamonto is a member of our church for some time, and uh, I drove over there, and he checked my pulse and my heart, and he says, man, your, your heart's fine. He's like, you're having a panic attack. I'm like, what are you talking about? I'm like 30 years old. Like, what do I got to be stressed out about? And I believe that there's many of us that are probably sitting in this room today that we run our life at such a breakneck pace that we fail to take the time that God has commanded us to and essentially called us into to rest so that we can be rejuvenated, that we can be recharged to do what God has called us to do and to be what God has purposed us to be. And I believe that we can find uh, these truths in the, in the word of God today. I, I think it's amazing that God, that the God of this universe would be so gracious. I don't know if you think about this, but if the God of this universe is so gracious and so generous as to invite us into his uh, presence, like God does that, amen? Like he invites us into his presence so that we can be encouraged and so that we can find strength in times of weakness and in times of weariness. And if you know anything about this life, there are times where we get weary. There's times where we get 
frustrated. And there's times where we feel alone, and it's amazing. It's absolutely amazing that God would invite us in his presence just so that we could draw from the strength that he offers to those that follow him. Today in our verse, we see in verse number 11, the Bible says, "Therefore, uh, let us therefore strive to enter that rest so that no one may fall by the same sort of disobedience. And I want to take some time to just unpack some thoughts from this passage because so many of us today, we do. We struggle with anxiety. We struggle with fear and we struggle with worry and uh, restlessness. I mean, uh, that's the reason that many of us watch so much television and we binge watch because we want to escape the reality of the world that we're actually living in. And so we look for another reality that we can be in control in or another reality to escape the one that we're in because ours isn't that great. And so there's this restlessness. Uh, we dive into our cell phone and our social media to, to, to uh, be voyeuristic and look at the lives of other people because our life is, is unraveling at the seams or we just need the distraction. But to sit in the stillness and in the quietness where there's no sound is incredibly awkward and uncomfortable for many of us because we don't know what it means to rest. And Jesus Our God is inviting us into this. I believe God has a word for you and me today that should encourage us to walk with him and trust him as we walk through this life that is busy and that is uncertain. And ultimately, the life that we live is very complex. And yet, the God of this universe invites us into a a season or a space so that we can find direction and certainty for the steps that we need to take in the future. Now, it might be strange to consider that God has invited you into rest. I don't know about you, but that, for me, it seems strange. Because I remember growing up as a kid sitting in church, and pastors would always say, especially, uh, you know, I went to Bible college, and they'd say, hey, man, you work for God, and you serve God, and you, you lean into God, and you, you sacrifice for Him, and one day when you get to heaven and you die, you'll be able to rest then, right? I remember hearing that as a kid. And I think, I think I understand what they meant, but I will say this, and this is true in my life, I think we can develop unhealthy ways of thinking based on those types of comments. I really do. Because if you look at the Word of God, and it's whole, right, God, God modeled rest for us, right, on the seventh day of creation. Now get that. God modeled that. Now, I don't know if you know a lot about God, but God don't need rest, right? And that's not right grammar, but God doesn't need rest, Right? I know all the teachers are going to come up to me afterwards and, Pastor Jay, you know, you didn't have a comma here, right? No double negatives. God, God doesn't need to rest. But he did that to model to us what we need to do because of our finiteness, right? You know, you think about it in the New Testament, you see Jesus often pulled away to be alone and pray. Almost every time before Jesus went into a season of ministry, before he went and did something great, Jesus away so that he could be alone with God so that he could have the strength that he needed in order to serve him and it wasn't so much that Jesus needed the strength it was to model to us how we are to live our lives that's the pace of Christ once he was sleeping during a storm you know that story of Jesus being in the boat some of you may not know that but there was this time and the disciples were going over one of the seas over in Israel and and uh, there's a major storm going on and they're like where's Jesus one of the disciples like he's taking a nap (laughs) you know And there's this massive storm, and Jesus comes up, and he's like, peace be still, right? He probably went back downstairs and got back to napping again, right? He just modeled that to us. Now, in the Old Testament, he commanded, and we see this in our text today, verse number 9. In the Old Testament, he commanded a day of Sabbath for the children of Israel to rest. And it's likely that many of us, listen, 
it's likely that many of us have neglected the power and promise of this truth. Yesterday, just to prepare for this message, I took a nap, right? Amen? Came to the church last night about 5 or 6 o'clock, and uh, my hair was all disheveled, and uh, I didn't know there was people at the church, but I was going to come help John do something. And, I mean, I had, like, eye crusties in my eye. I was just like, hey, I'm just trying to apply the message for tomorrow, right? I want to stop into, step into the, the pulpit with some integrity. But God calls us into a time of rest, rejuvenation, and ultimately what he's calling us into is a season of worship. And, and it, it is a time that God desires his people that we need. Listen, we need this. We need seasons of rest physically, and we need it spiritually. And I'll talk to you a little bit about that more later. But what do we need? What do we mean? What do we mean when we talk about rest? Rest means to lie down. Just straight up. It means to lie down. Sometimes you need to lie down. It means to be settled. It means to be fixed or secure. It involves remaining confident and keeping trust. In other words, to rest in something or someone means to maintain confidence in it or him. It also means that we have an unshakable confidence in the salvation of our Lord. We have no reason to fear. We have absolute confidence in God's plan and God's care. And oftentimes, we don't rest because we falsely think that we're in control of our lives when we're not because God is. And listen, you can rest because he is sovereign and providential over every area of your life. Man, I'm going to talk about this later, but man, God is in control. Rest means we lean on. It means to enter into God's rest that for the remainder of our lives and for all eternity, you, you, you with me? For the, for the rest of our lives and for all eternity, get this, we can lean on God. That's what it means to rest. Because, and listen to this, and in this text, in verse, uh, verses 1 through 11, Mike read this this morning, because of the unbelief of Israel, because of their unbelief in God and the character and the nature of God, because of uh, their unbelief in the mighty works that he had done in their life, they never enjoyed this kind of rest. And you think about the story of Israel. In the Old Testament, God promised them a land, and he sent 12 spies out to look at the land. Ten of those spies came back and said, we can't take the land. Two spies came back and said, we got this. God is able. God says, you obstinate people, you rebellious people. I mean, this is after God gave them water from a rock. Like, I, really? We need water. Bam, there's water. We need to cross this patch of uh, water. Let me spread the sea for you, right? God had done all these amazing miracles for the children of Israel. Why couldn't he do that? And so because of their rebellion, because of their unbelief, for 40 years they just wandered around in the wilderness on the precipice of the land that God had promised to them. And I want to tell you something. For many of you, God has amazing things in store for your life. God has designed incredible things for you to accomplish in your life. But if we don't latch on to the promises that he has given to us, we'll never experience the fullness of joy that we have when we follow Jesus Christ. Because when you lose your trust in God, you lose your rest. And apart from God, man is not only sinful, but he is restless. So we want to step into this invitation so that we can find the rest that only he offers. Now, here's the first thought this morning. There's three challenges that I want you to consider from this text regarding rest. And the first one is this. We're called to rest spiritually. And we find that in verses number 1 through 8. We're called to rest spiritually. Now, in verses 1 through 8, it, it seems a bit cumbersome. And, and like, what exactly 
is the writer talking about uh, in this passage of Scripture? In this passage, the writer is referring to the exodus of Israel from Egypt. When God saw his people in Egypt uh, under the slavery of and under the bondage of the Egyptian people. And they had cried out to God for their salvation, and God miraculously delivered them. Now, that is the narrative of the entire Bible, isn't it? God's people are in bondage, they cry out to God, and guess what? God graciously and generously rescues, redeems, and restores his people. That's what God does, right? We see that in this passage. And so for the wilderness generation, rest was more than just a theological metaphor. It represented an end to wondering that characterized their life after the Exodus. And what it meant was finding peace. For 40 years, the nation of Israel wandered around in this wilderness until the time came for God to fulfill his promise in their life. And this morning, you may be wandering through life. You may be uh, navigating through life without any direction, and you might be going from this to this to this to this, and you might this morning, you might very well feel like you're a hamster on a wheel, and you're just running, and you're running, and you're running, and you're going nowhere. And that's exactly what was happening in the lives of the nation of Israel, the children of God. And God promises us something better when we put our faith in him. And so God sent Moses to free them from their slavery, their captors. And this is a picture to us that God sent Jesus uh, for us from the bondage of our sin. We don't have to be the hamster on the wheel. And this morning, you might be running from your sin. You might be running from your past. You might be running from the slavery of sin in your life. And I want to tell you this morning, you don't have to run anymore. You don't have to be on the hamster wheel. You don't have to be on the treadmill of life. You can get off of that and find your rest and your peace and your salvation in Jesus Christ and him alone. In verse 1, it says, Therefore, while the promise of entering his rest still stands, let us fear lest any of us should seem to, to have failed to reach it. We have the promise of rest and wholeness with God. Well, what do you want out of this life? And I think that's a very important question for us to consider this morning. Because this life can seem a bit mundane at times. It can seem a bit pointless at times. In fact, uh, there was a guy in the Old Testament by the name of Solomon. He was the wisest man in all of the Bible apart from Jesus Christ. And he wrote what was called in the Old Testament the wisdom literature. And Solomon was the richest man, I believe, probably to ever walk the face of the earth. And he had everything that he ever wanted and everything that he ever needed. In fact, when he would throw a party, they wrote songs about how epic his parties were. You know what I'm saying? Like, I've been to some parties, but no one's writing songs about the parties that I've been to, right? I mean, this guy was legit when it came to, like, hosting a party. But in his life, he had everything. He experienced laughter. He experienced botany. He experienced sexuality. uh, All of it. And he wrote in the book of Ecclesiastes, I looked on all the things that my hands had wrought to do, and on all the labor that my hands had labored to do, and behold, all was vanity and vexation of the Spirit, and there was no profit under the sun. That word vanity in the original language is, is a word called Havel. It's a Hebrew word, and it means frustratingly enigmatic. And it means it's like life is this. It's a puzzle wrapped up in a puzzle. And I'm going to tell you this morning, your life apart from God is, is a puzzle wrapped in a puzzle, and there's no purpose. But when you find your rest in God, when you find your wholeness in God, it means everything. 
God offers us spiritual rest to those who follow him. And the rest he offers is freedom from sin. It's a rest from the work of earning your salvation. Unfortunately, uh, many believe that you have to do things in order to uh, find peace with God and forgiveness of sins and a security of eternity with God. But the Bible doesn't teach us that this morning. No, in fact, the Bible says that uh, faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God. It says in Ephesians chapter 2, verses 8 and 9, For by grace are you saved through faith, not of works, lest any man should boast. And so this morning, God freely, generously, and graciously offers us spiritual rest in the grace that is found in Jesus Christ. In fact, if there was anything that you could do to earn or merit what God is offering you, Jesus would have never had to die on the cross for your sins. Because you could just do it yourself. But instead, we find rest and peace with God based on what Jesus has done for us. Some of you this morning, man, like you're running from God. And you're running in this life and you're exhausted and you're weary and you feel like there's no meaning, there's no purpose, and there's really no design to what's going on. And, and, and you're just wandering around life with no purpose, no meaning, and you're exhausted. And Jesus Christ this morning is saying to you, look, I want to give you rest. I want to give you a rest that is beyond physical rest, that is beyond anything that you've ever known. Is your sin weighing you down this morning? Christ wants to take that on his cross for you today. Is your, is your life, does it seem overwhelming today? Man, Jesus wants to take that burden for you. And so spiritual rest means to be free from the guilt and unnecessary feelings that, that come along with our sin. It's freedom from worry about sin because it's forgiven. Do you realize this morning that the Bible teaches us that God takes our sin as far as the east is from the west and he remembers them no more? Do you realize this morning that the Bible says, If thou, O Lord, couldst mark iniquities, who could stand? But there is forgiveness with thee that you might be feared, that you might be awed, and that you might uh, be worshipped. Do you know that this morning? And if you're here today and you've got sin in your life, you can find spiritual rest in God because of what Jesus did for you and me on the cross of, of Calvary. His rest is the end of the legalistic works and the experience of peace and the total forgiveness of God. And some of you this morning, you blew it this week. Like you totally, spiritually, you blew it in some areas of your life. Maybe you gossiped about someone. Maybe you, maybe you, (laughs) man, I was on 294 yesterday. I'm just going to be honest. Like, to keep my testimony for Jesus. My wife was in the car and so I. You know, and then she's telling me how to, I mean, she's telling me how to drive. I thought Siri was in the car with me, right? <laughs> I'm just saying, right? Maybe you blew it this week spiritually. But you can find rest and peace in the total forgiveness of God found in Jesus Christ and the sacrifice that he made for you and me. His rest is the end of all of that working, trying to earn and merit favor with God because he freely offers to you and me through Jesus a life of peace with God and rest from the effects of sin. Instead of working for grace, listen, God offers you grace. He's offering it to you this morning. In verse number 7, I love this text, he goes again, he appoints a certain day. Today, saying through David, so long afterward, and the word's already quoted, today if you hear this voice, do not harden your hearts. And, And basically what the writer of Hebrews is doing is he's referencing the Old Testament, Psalm 95. 
And the author announces a new opportunity to respond obediently to God's voice. So let me ask you this morning, have you entered into the rest that God has invited uh, you into through Jesus Christ? You might be here this morning and you've never had a moment where you put your faith and trust in Christ alone. And today would be a great day for you to do that. And maybe you're here today and, and there's been some areas of your life that you did blow it this week. Maybe some areas of your life where you are ashamed of this week and where you are feeling guilt and frustration because you're not living up to your idea of Christianity. But I'm going to tell you this morning, rest in the total forgiveness of Jesus Christ. Because the moment that he saved you, he forgave you of your past, your present, and your future sins, and he remembers them no more. They're blotted out, and they're made white as snow. So find peace in that. Because I want you to understand today that when you find rest in Jesus, you can stop running from and being weary from sin today. Because today is the day that you'll find the rest that you're looking for. Now here's the second thought. God is calling us to rest, not just spiritually, but he's calling us to rest physically. In verses 9 and 10, he says, so then there remains. There remains a Sabbath rest for the people of God. For whoever entered God's rest has also rested from his works as God did from his. Now, I don't want to get into a discussion today about the Sabbath. We understand that in the Old Testament to be uh, Saturday. And uh, so I, I understand the theological concepts behind that. But because of time this morning, I want to get into that. But I do believe this, that God is offering us a season for all of us that we should pull away and we should rest. I believe that. Look, That's exactly what God is teaching us in this passage of scriptures. And as believers, we're called to rest physically. The rest God offers us extends from the spiritual into the physical. In fact, the rest that God offers us is not one-dimensional. It's actually multidimensional. Rest, listen to this. Rest isn't an obligation. It's an invitation. God is inviting us into a place to trust him and worship him. You know what I'm afraid of this morning? Because this is how I think. Sometimes I, I think we have this misunderstanding of who God is. We don't have an accurate picture or view of God. Now, I, I grew up in, in, in the Baptist church, and I'm thankful for that. Um, I learned so much of, of, of what it means to be a follower of Christ, and I believe Baptists uh, tend to um, uh, interpret the Bible accurately. But w- with, with any uh, particular brand of Christianity, oftentimes there are uh, things that are taught in certain circles, and it might not be uh, inclusive to just Baptists. It might be all religious uh, affiliations kind of taught this, but growing up, I mean, I remember being taught as a kid that, like, um, I remember going to Awana, and they had this uh, teaching one night, and they had this screen on the wall, and it said, hey, one day you're going to stand before God, and all of your sins are going to be played out before everyone, you know, uh, when you get to heaven. Now, I don't know about you, but that's one way to get a kid to live right. Can I get an amen? I mean, poor teaching, right? Great motivation, right? Everything you've ever done, I mean, even at nine, like, I've been, I've done some, like, some shady stuff, right? And so I'm like, man, I need to get, and so I had this view of God, right, that was so messed up because I thought at any moment God would just, like, whack me, you know? I just constantly felt that way. But I'm going to tell you, that's not the God of the Bible. In fact, the God of the Bible is relentless in his pursuit to show his love to you and me. In fact, in Romans chapter 8, when we don't know how to pray, we can cry out, Abba, Father. That's a term of endearment, where 
uh, we understand the relationship between us and God and um, uh, how much we uh, can have a love relationship with him. There's an intimacy there that God, listen, God wants us to be intimate with him. I mean, I love, I got two girls, 12 and 13, and they at times can, they can get on my nerves, right? Especially when I'm watching my show and they come in and they want to talk to me. And, and as a as an earthly father, though, I want to do everything I can to make them happy. But I can be a boneheaded dad sometimes. But you know what? I have a father in heaven that's far superior than anything that I can offer these two little girls that I would do anything in this world for, right? And I'm so thankful this morning that God invites us into a space where we can love him, where we can trust him, where he knows that we're on this hamster wheel and we're running and we're running. And he's saying, look, you don't, you don't, you don't have to do that. I don't want you to live this way. I want you to have joy. I want you to have happiness. I want you to have peace. And here's the way that, that you can have that. And so we understand this morning that rest is not an obligation. It's an invitation. And here's what we do. We tend to think that if we don't, and this is, this is me, we tend to think that if we don't give 100% of every minute of every day, we're not deserving our, our role, whatever that role is. Are you with me? I'm going to say it again because this is powerful stuff. We tend to think that if we don't give 100% of every minute of every day, we're not deserving of that role, no matter what it is. If you're a mom, if you don't give 100%, you're not a good mom. If you have a job, you're not giving 100, 100% if you like your job, right? And you're not giving 100% to that, we live with this constant anxiety and this stress, like I could be doing more. I, for me, I'm that way. I mean, I could have studied for another hour. I could have called this person. I could have counseled this guy. I could have, I could have gone over to this person's house. And, and, and so I, I have a tendency not to say no, right, because I feel like I should be at 100% all the time. And listen, God has not called us into that. He's not called us into that. One writer said it this way. We tend to think that if we don't return every email and every phone call this minute, that's why I hate the, the modern cell phone. Everyone texts you, and they want a response right now. And if you don't respond within like two seconds, what's wrong with you, right? And I just feel like throwing my phone at their face. But that wouldn't honor Jesus. But if we don't respond to every phone call this minute, that if we don't make every meeting, that if we don't respond to every request, and if we don't apply ourselves fully at all points throughout a given day, the universe will utterly fall apart. And that's why we live with a, a life that, that is filled with unrest. Because we take the weight of the world on our lives. And we tend to, and here's what we do to compensate for that. We tend to, after a long work week, we relax by drinking too much or neglecting quality time with our family. And you may feel disconnected from those you love the most. And God's saying, no, I want to invite you to play, into a place that truly refreshes. And listen, please jot this down. There's a difference between rest and amusement. There's a big difference between rest and amusement. And I think we know the difference. Rest, the basic idea is that it's a ceasing from all work or any kind of action. You, you stop doing what you're doing. Action, labor, exertion is over. Applied to God's rest, it means more self-effort as far as the situation is concerned. Brady Boyd in his book says this, ultimately... Every problem I see in every person I know is a problem of moving too fast for too long in too many aspects of life. That might be you this morning. You're moving too fast, 
too long in too many areas of life. You got too many irons in the fire. But when you're at rest, listen, you can be inwardly quiet. You can be composed, peaceful. To enter into God's rest means to be at peace with God, to possess the perfect peace that he gives. Now, let me ask you this, dads. If your wife were here today, would she say that you possess that inward composition? You're at peace with yourself. You're at peace with God. And you're not going too fast at too many things for a too long period. And I get there's seasons a lot. Sometimes you've got to push a project through. Moms, what about you? Would that be true in your life? You've got too many things going on right now that you're neglecting the important aspects of your life, like your walk with God, your time with Him, time with your husband. Sometimes your, your responsibilities, they take so much of your time and space that you have no time left over for the things that truly matter in life, which are God and your husband and your kids. The real investments of life, the real, the real joys and the real gifts that life has to offer through Jesus Christ. I love what Jesus said in Matthew chapter 11. He says, come unto me all who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your souls, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. The Pharisees were always trying to get people to follow rules, and, and Jesus was inviting people to follow him. You see, he was inviting people to trust him with life. Now listen, that's why as a church, we don't have a ton of stuff going on here at Jackson Creek. Because we want you to be a disciple of Jesus Christ, but we want you to do it out there, in your community, and in your neighborhood, and to your family, to your wife, and to your kids, and those around you. If you're here at the church all the time, you're not going to reach people that are out there. But I want to give you four reasons to consider to trust God so you can rest. Here's four things that we can know about God and his nature that will help us to rest when we're pushing too hard, too fast, in too many areas of life. Number one is God's passion for us. I love this. Do you know that God has promised to love you and it will never cease and it will never fail? I wake up almost every day and I'm reminded and I thank God for his love for me. In fact, Psalm 63.3 says that the steadfast love of the Lord is better than life. And I heard one writer say it this way. He says, the steadfast love of the Lord, listen to this, is better than every breath. Now, you just probably read like four or five times in the last few seconds. And every breath that you took, God's love is more steadfast and better than the breath that you just took into your lungs. I, I pray every day, God, thank you for your unceasing and your unfailing love. I think about it this morning where in Romans chapter 8, it says, nothing will ever separate me from the love of God that's found in Christ Jesus our Lord. And I just want to listen to me this morning. I want to just rest in that love. And I love my kids, and I would do anything to provide for them. I would do anything to protect them. I would do anything to make them happy. And I can't even begin to fathom the immense love that God has for me and how he wants me to be happy. Do you know that? God wants you to be happy. God wants you to be at peace. God wants you to know true and lasting joy, and you can do that because of his unfailing love. His providence. God is in complete control of my life, and he has all authority. Yesterday, we were coming back from Schomburg, and we were on 294, and we hit traffic, and immediately, the, I mean, it just stopped. Two of the four lanes on 294 closed down, and I was like, oh, I don't have time for this. And I was trying to get my wife somewhere, and I knew she needed to be somewhere, and I'm like, already she sees the anxiety filling up in my heart and in my, 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 uh, my inner man, and she goes, well, at least we can talk a little bit longer. 
That's not going to move these cars out of the way so I can get you to where you need to be. And while that's a true statement, and while I enjoy that, I do. I'm reminded in those moments that apparently God wanted me to talk to her for a little bit longer. I'm reminded that no matter what comes my way every single day, that God is the King of kings and Lord of lords. And nothing in my life happens by divine chance or divine circumstance Everything that happens in my life, down to the smallest minutia, happens at the hand of a sovereign God and a king who rules and reigns over everything. I think of his persistence. I'm reminded that God is faithful. I blew it this week in a couple areas of my life. Satan wants to remind me of my failures every single day. But I'm reminded in 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 13, if we are faithless, He remains faithful. Aren't you glad that he's faithful? Man, he is faithful. He never fails. And then he's present. I love this passage of scripture because God has promised to be present and near. In Hebrews chapter 13, 5, the Bible says, I will never leave you nor forsake you. And in the the Greek, you can't see this, but in the original languages, it actually, it's it's a double There's a double emphasis in this comment because it says this in the original languages, I will never, ever leave you and and I will never, ever forsake you. It's almost like he's he's like, I pinky promise. I got you. I'm I'm here. I'm here, right? I don't know about you, but sometimes I can feel alone. We talked about this last week. Sometimes I can be in a room full of people and feel like I'm all by myself. Sometimes I get going through something and I'm, I'm stressed out. And many times uh, I, I struggle sleeping at night. And so when I'm stressed out about something, I'll wake up at 2 or 3 in the morning. And I'm like, I just stare at the ceiling. And instead of doing that, I start reminding myself of God's love for me. I start reminding myself that God loves me. I start reminding me that God, myself that God is faithful and that he's present. And God, obviously you want me to be awake just so that I can talk to you about these things that are, that are, that are, that are making my heart anxious and worried. And I have nothing to fear. In fact, in the book of Psalms, the Bible says that our God, you can look it up, our God never sleeps and he never slumbers. Now, you, you, you with me on that? God never sleeps and God never slumbers. You know why? So you and I can sleep. So that we can slumber. So that we can pull away for a day and take a rest. So that we can unengage our mind from the, the work that we do, from the, the stresses that we're facing, from the bad news that we just got. We can pull away and we can rest in the promises of God. Brady Boyd says it's God's presence that quiets our souls. It's God's presence that calms us down. I love the verse in Psalms where it says, um, be still. Be still and know, know, know that I am God. In that passage of scriptures in Psalms, it's talking about the exodus of the people of God from Egypt and God delivering them. And what God was saying to them was, look, be still. And I want you to know that I am God. And oftentimes we think about this, and I heard this this week at a conference that we were at as pastors this week, and we want to be the people that puts God on display, and God says, no, I want to put myself on display so that you can see how magnificent that I am. That's what God wants to do in our lives. Now, we're invited this morning to rest in Jesus. We're invited to trust in Jesus. And sometimes we fall into the trap of believing that we have to do stuff in order to remain in good standing with God. So we work and we work and we work and we do and we do. And then when we fail, we get frustrated and we get discouraged. Or we push our lives to the limit trying to accomplish some goal of earthly value. So we work endlessly to have money and success 
when we've been called simply to follow Jesus. I want to say this to you this morning, taking time to rest. This is it right here. I'm almost done. Maybe. Taking time to rest reminds me, listen, that God is in control and I am not. You were never meant, some good stuff I'm going to say in the next few sentences, you were never meant to do everything. You were never intended to do that. In fact, you were designed, you were designed to lean on God. And we were made for worship and we were made to enjoy God. And overscheduling and busyness and endless pursuit of success makes what God designed us for and what God purposes for an impossibility. So we suffer a life of unrest when Christ isn't our rest. Now here's the last one. It's not long. Verse number 11. He says, now let us therefore strive to enter that rest so that no one may fall by the same sort of disobedience. And so not only are we called to rest spiritually and physically, but we're called, and I love this, not, very, not a long point here, we're called to rest eternally, right? And I want you to think about that for a minute because future rest, he's talking about a future rest that believers enjoy with God. Now, get this, one day, we will have a rest for eternity. Amen? One day. And I don't know about you, but sometimes this world can, like, break you down. In fact, we live in a world of brokenness, sickness, hurt, and death. Those are the big ones. I turned 40 this year. Like, my knees hurt. Like, they just hurt. Like, I don't even have to do anything. They just hurt sometimes. My wife's got me on alfalfa. I think that's supposed to help, but I'm just taking it, like, hoping that, you know, apparently it helps with inflammation. But sometimes, I mean, you know, as you get older, it just kind of stinks. Like, you know, sometimes you could just, like, pull a muscle, like, in the shower. You know? Like, how'd you pull your muscle? Man, I shampooed my hair, and I dropped the soap, and I was like, crap, my muscles, you know? Like, that's just getting old. We, we have this idea in our culture where we, we, I talked about this last week, where we celebrate youth. But listen, this life is nothing more than field dressing for the life to come. We live for a kingdom that will one day be forever. And while God is rescuing us from sin and reconciling the world to himself, listen, one day God will make all things new by the power of his word. All things will be new simply by the power of God's word. And when he does, now think about it today. Did you blow it this week spiritually? Yeah? Are you, are you feeling under the weather this week? Maybe you, had, maybe you lost someone this week. Maybe you were hurt or betrayed this week. But guess what? There's coming a day. None of that will be no more. Revelation says that there's a place called heaven that one day there'll be no more sickness, no more dying, no more, no more sin. No more sin. No more hurt. No more pain. No more betrayal. And one day, and we want to enjoy this life. We want to do our best to be like Christ. But one day, we're going to be able to enter into a rest that supersedes anything that we've ever experienced in this lifetime. So no matter how hopeless you feel this morning, we trust an eternal God for an unending rest. There's a better life to come that's made possible by God through His Son, Jesus. What a day that will be when we enter into that eternal rest. I want to ask you, God's inviting you and me into a rest. He's inviting us to rest in His faithful character. I want to ask you, what steps do you need to take this week in order to make that a reality for you and your family? What do you need to do differently this week so that you're not running 
too fast for too long in too many areas of life? What needs to change for you? You see, listen to this. Go out this week. Go out this afternoon and do this. Go out and ask 10 people how they're doing. Do that this afternoon. See how that goes. I guarantee you 9 out of 10 people will be like, busy? And I'm just busy, man. I'm just busy. What are you doing? I'm just busy with stuff, man. I'm just busy. Like, you know what I'm saying? People say that all the time. What are you doing? I'm just busy. And here's the thing. Speed kills intimacy with God and those that we've been called to love. Speed. And sometimes we're so busy that we fail to slow down. I'm guilty of this. We fail to slow down long enough to enjoy the things in life that really matter. We fail to slow down long enough to do the things in life that really matter. Living at a breakneck pace will do more harm to the kingdom than living within the call of God. I I say this around our church all the time, and I've said it for years. Less is more when you put more into less. Less is more when you put more into less. Many make the unwise decisions uh, to, to live at this breakneck pace, and when they do, they, they do. They make unwise decisions. They diminish their productivity. They have poor health and misplaced identity because of a failure to lean into the rest that God offers. And I'm saying this this morning not to rebuke you. In fact, if I were honest, I've not modeled this well to you as a pastor. I know that I surely have to model it well to my family, but by God's grace, I'm going to build margin in my life to laugh. Just to laugh. Just as you're, someone was talking to my wife, I can't remember, I'm not sure who it was, but they're like, does Jason have fun? Like, this is before I took a sabbatical this year. She's like, does he have fun? I'm like, yeah. Like, I'm awesome. I have fun all the time. But I live at such a breakneck pace, and I've got blinders on so much, and I'm so task-driven that I don't take time to enjoy the work that God has called me into. I don't take time to enjoy the family that I have. And not just my wife and my kids, but my extended family and my church family. I'm just so focused on what needs to be done that I'm not enjoying the things around me. I just confess and sin to you this morning, right? Yeah, I can have fun. If you want to take me out to lunch, I'll tell you all about it, right, amen? <laughs> For life's sake. I get really fun. <laughs> but I want to build margin into my life to laugh, to have fun. And to just be in the moment with our great God. Just be in the moment. Not thinking about what i got to do next. So I want to ask you, are you tired and weary this morning? You might be, man. You just might be, man, Pastor, if you knew my schedule, if you knew my life, I wish I knew what I could cut out. I wish I knew what I could get rid of in my life. And I'm not talking about your kids. I'm just trying to get rid of these kids. I'm so evil. Have you been running from your sin? Maybe some of you this morning, you, you're just in this perpetual state of making poor decisions with your life and, and you're sinning in ways that you know that it's, it's exhausting you. That can change today. You can lay it down this morning and rest in Christ's love. Are you weary from running from one thing to the next, trying to please everyone and yet pleasing no one? I'm here to tell you this morning there's hope. There's hope. Augustine said that I am restless till I find my rest in you. I'm restless till I find my rest in you. I want to ask you this morning, where are you finding your rest? Where's your rest? Is it in what you do? Your identity? Like what people say, oh man, she's so happy all the time. Oh, he does this all the time. Oh, he says yes to everything. Oh, he's super productive. Where's your identity at? 
Because if it's not in Christ, you will not have the rest of it. With every head bowed and every eye closed, I just want to ask you this morning, have you found your rest in Jesus Christ? And what I mean by that is there been a moment in your life where you put your complete faith and trust in Jesus Christ and uh, for the forgiveness of sins and so that you could be in a right relationship with God and so that you could know that heaven is your home, that eternal rest that we talked about this morning. How many of you would say to me this morning, I know for sure that I found my rest in Christ and I can lift my hand and give testimony of that here today. Would you just lift your hand very quickly? Just lift it up. No one's looking around. All eyes are closed. So how many of you would say to me this morning, Pastor, I've never trusted Jesus Christ as my Savior. I don't know that I'm forgiven of my sins. I don't know that I'm right with God. And if I were to slip out into eternity today, I'm not sure that heaven is my home. Would you lift your hand and let me pray for you this morning? Is there anyone that's like that that's here today? Yes, sir, I see your hand. Anyone else? Anyone else? So how many of you just be honest? Honest with yourself and honest with God. And you say, man, my life, I'm running at that breakneck pace that you spoke of this morning. And I'm weary, and I am tired, and I need to find my rest in Jesus Christ. I need to make some changes this week. Would you lift your hand and let me pray for you? Yes, sir, I see hands, man, all over the room. So how many of you just be honest spiritually? Would say, man, pastor, I got some stuff in my life that's causing me some unrest. I've been making some choices in my life that's causing me not to be at peace with God. And this, the sin that, I, that I'm allowing into my life, and the choices that I'm making, it's causing me to be exhausted and I need to find a way to find my rest in Jesus and to pursue him and lay these things down would you lift your hand and let me pray for you this morning yes sir yes ma'am put hands all over the room you know one of the things that we do here at Jackson Creek every week is that we offer you an opportunity to come to the altar and the altar this morning are these steps that I'm standing on right now this morning, if you find yourself weary and exhausted from the, the, the busyness of your life, man, would you come to the altar this morning? Jesus is coming to me, all ye that are weak and all that are heavy laden, and I'm going to give you rest. He's inviting you into this this morning, and you could come this morning and worship him, be, being refreshed and rejuvenated in his presence. And there's just something about coming to an altar and saying, you know, God, I I want to meet with you. I want to walk with you. I want to change. I want to be different. Maybe you're here this morning and there are some things in your life that are sinful, that are wrong. And you're just living in that hamster wheel of perpetual bad choices and sinful actions. And you know that it's not right. And there's something, there's just something that's symbolic about coming forward to an altar, laying that, that sin, that decision, that that despair at the cross and saying to God, Lord, no more. I want to leave this here and I don't, I don't want to pick it up again. And I pray and I trust that if that's your story today, that maybe you'll come to the altar when John begins singing uh, with us here in just a moment. And for those that have lifted their hand and said, man, I'm not sure I'm a follower of Christ. I don't know. I'm going to stand right down here at the altar and I want you to come and grab me by the hand so that we can take a Bible and I can show you exactly what it means to know Christ, to know that you're forgiven. That's the best news you'll hear all day. That'll be the best news you hear your entire life. And there's about 200 people here today that are going to be super pumped that you're willing to come with courage and say, I need to follow Jesus. Heavenly Father, I pray this morning that we might realign our hearts, our minds, and our view of who you are. We recognize that you're Abba Father you are faithful God 
that you're inviting us to rest, to relax, and to rejuvenate, to be reminded this morning that you've got this, that you're for us, not against us, that we find our hope and our strength and our victory in resting in you. God, I believe this morning that we could probably accomplish more in our lives when we pull away for time with you rather than just going and going and going and going. Boy, I just pray that truth would land in our hearts today. And Lord, I pray for all of us this morning that have things in our life that we know that aren't right and they're weighing us down. The writer of Hebrews said, let us lay aside every weight, the sin that easily besets us and help us to run with patience or with endurance the race that is before us, looking unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith. And so Lord, I just pray that we would lay down what we need to lay down this morning move forward fresh for you in the week to come. And we ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Would you stand to your feet this morning?